Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, February 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. So when we were looking around for the best news stories to bring you today, crypto kept popping up. So we leaned into it, and we've got an all-crypto show for you today. We start in Silicon Valley, then we go to Switzerland, and we end up in the far reaches of Siberia, where crypto mining is a cottage industry. Everybody knows about Bitcoin mining. Grandmothers and galoshes who are, you know, talking about their chickens and talking about their raising their goats and also telling you about Bitcoin mining. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. One of Silicon Valley's most influential venture capital groups plans to move deeper into cryptocurrency markets. Sequoia Capital yesterday said it set aside between $500 and $600 million for a new fund. It would primarily invest in cryptocurrency tokens traded on third-party exchanges. This is part of a broader restructuring at the firm, and the new fund would allow Sequoia to play a more active role in cryptocurrency networks. The move shows how bigger tech investors are plunging into cryptocurrency, where they're seeing special funds enjoy explosive profits. This week, a leading global regulator came out with an urgent call for coordinated action on cryptocurrency. The Financial Stability Board, which is based in Switzerland, wants to ensure that a potential crisis in the cryptocurrency asset market doesn't threaten broader financial markets. To talk more about this, I'm joined by our markets editor, Katie Martin. Hi, Katie. Hey, how are you going? Uh, things are going well. So, Katie, it, it feels like we report on this a lot, that uh, a regulator from individual countries issue warnings about cryptocurrency and the cryptocurrency market. How significant is this warning from the Financial Stability Board? The long and short of it is, yeah, Financial Stability Board, these are kind of, these are heavy hitters, right? They make recommendations to the G20 on financial rules. So it's not just a talking shop. And effectively, what they're saying is, look, up until quite recently, we've been able to kind of look at what's going on in crypto, look at what's going on in decentralized finance from a bit of a distance and say, isn't this a fun little distraction? I wonder how this is all going to pan out. Now they're saying suddenly it's reached a certain size and it's got enough tentacles into the mainstream financial system that we need to really accelerate our, our work on this. Mm. So what exactly are they worried about, Katie? What what are they warning about? What the FSB um, chair was saying is, among other things, there are what he called significant data gaps that make it hard to see exactly how enmeshed crypto is in the rest of the financial system. So to an extent, they're flying a little bit blind. And one of the things that they're worried about, apart from the risk of consumer harm, which is a serious concern for organizations like the, the main regulator in the States, the SEC, um, is, you know, so quite aside from the consumer protection angle, they're saying, look, we don't know, but we think that if there was a large adverse event in the crypto market, that could affect other asset classes, other asset prices. This whole thing is a little bit untested. We don't really know what would happen if there was a huge move up or down in the crypto price. But it is possible that it could move around share prices. It could effectively affect, you know, everybody's pensions, everybody's savings. It it could affect the stability of the system as a whole. And this is something that we need to really start thinking about. Wow. So potentially 
really dire consequences. Uh, what direct actions does the Financial Stability Board want? So the line effectively is that this is the year where we really step up international cooperation to set some ground rules around how this market works. Now, the the issue, as the FSB is saying, is that pretty much anybody with a huge server can set up camp in any country, anywhere, and start firing out crypto coins that you can purchase anywhere else in the world. And so it doesn't make sense for national regulators to try and deal with this on their own. It's really worth bearing in mind with things like government bonds or stocks or corporate bonds or whatever, you have a fairly well understood set of factors that can move around the prices of these things. Crypto moves around based on whatever it was Elon Musk last tweeted, whatever it is that the Russian central bank says about crypto mining in in its country. You know, it's a whole set of of, of metrics that we're just not used to dealing with and that are incredibly difficult to predict. So it's a real challenge to policymakers. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thanks, Katie. Pleasure. And where would cryptocurrency investors be without cryptocurrency miners whose efforts help power the furiously hungry computers that pan for digital coinage. Miners are everywhere, even in the far reaches of Siberia. You can't really see it until you spot the Bitcoin graffiti on the walls or you start listening into conversations in cafes and in the local corner shops where everybody is is talking about their household mining. The FT's Polina Ivanova traveled to Irkutsk. She found a whole cottage industry of DIY miners, not just in the city, but also in surrounding villages. In the villages, people have, uh, you know, large numbers of these machines whirring away, sometimes uh, hiding them behind, you know, piles of logs or behind chicken pens, you know, uh, or in the basement somewhere. So you see these very sort of normal looking Siberian villages. And then uh, you ask someone, where's the nearby miner? You know, who's mining near here? And they'll point you to a little wooden cottage where you can just hear the hum coming from coming from the house. That is absolutely wild, Polina. I mean, like, what a picture. Um, So where do they get the equipment? Uh, They buy online these ASIC machines and they sort of plug them in next to their microwaves or next to their washing machines. And they power a few of those off the normal electricity grid, mine a bit of Bitcoin, and it's a bit of extra income uh, to the family, to their homes. Now, Polina, what about this region makes it so conducive to crypto mining? Well, so it's the cheapest electricity rate in all of Russia, and electricity is the most costly element of mining uh, cryptocurrencies for various historical reasons, including the fact that it has this um, these powerful rivers going through the region and big dams on those rivers producing a lot of cheap electricity. Uh, it's an area with, with traditionally uh, the cheapest rate of electricity in the country. It's also helpful that it's very cold um, in the winter, uh, Bitcoin mining, crypto mining produces a lot of extra additional heat. And, um, you know, operating these these uh, crypto farms in areas where it's cold, where the climate is, is naturally cold, reduces your kind of air conditioning and ventilation costs because it really does get very cold. Now, have these Bitcoin mining efforts changed the region much? Yeah, so people uh, in Irkutsk talk about it creating a middle class to some degree. A lot of people are 
getting involved at a small kind of local level. You know, this isn't big business. It's really sort of household business. I mean, some people are doing it on a big scale, but a lot of people are just, you know, mining in their kitchens. And it's producing an additional stream of income. One person that I spoke to said around his friends, he could see that it was bringing in something like, you know, three or four times the average salary per month additionally to, to their income. And the investment that you're putting in is, is not very high. These machines don't cost that much. And within a few months, you've got a return on investment and you've started making extra cash. Wow. So it elevates household incomes. It heats homes. Uh, any drawbacks? Yeah, for sure. So, so this all sort of um, became became a very heated topic in the summer of last year when uh, the boom really, really kicked off because people are using a, a large amount of electricity, more than the grid is accustomed to. And uh, this started leading to whole villages getting power cuts. And then it started getting to the point where uh, local stations, like small stations in local neighborhoods, were starting to catch fire. What people are doing um, is using the household uh, electricity rate, which is not supposed to be uh, for commercial gains. So the argument is that people should be paying the commercial rate for electricity, which is slightly higher and makes you know, it a lot less obvious that obviously profitable to, to mine Bitcoin at home at a small scale. So this is what the uh, electricity company is pursuing. And currently it looks like some sort of regulation um, will be introduced within potentially even the next uh, few weeks. Polina Ivanova is the FT's Moscow correspondent. Thanks, Polina. Thanks so much. Before we go, we will leave you with the price of the most well-known of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin. Yesterday fell more than 6.5% around the time U.S. trading closed to about $41,000 a coin. That is significantly lower than where it was at the start of this year, and well off its all-time high of $68,000. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Peter Barber and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business whether it's a local operation or a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.